Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Health podcast. It's been a while, like a long while, years, years, I think, since I've been consistent with the podcast. And I am just sort of sick of it, to tell you the truth. I'm not sick of the podcast. I actually love the podcast, and it is such a creative outlet for me. I'm really just sick of not doing the podcast enough. And I'll just give you a little bit of background on that um, and why I'm saying that. So for the last few months, as you know, we've been kind of overwhelmed. In June, we had the Western Hunting Summits, were, which were amazing experiences, but they engulfed all of June. And as you can imagine, the months working up to them, too, it was just like so busy getting ready for those. Um, and then July, we took a bunch of time off to do family things. And then August starts hunting season in our household. So uh, Ryan's gone quite a bit, especially this year. He got some special draws. And so he's been gone quite a bit since the 1st of August. Um, and pretty much what that puts on me is, you know, I have a full-time job. And I also have two kiddos. And I have a household to run. And I've got a number of businesses and the podcast is one of them. And years ago, when we started the podcast, uh, I was working very part-time. Uh, Ryan was doing the majority of the work. So he was kind of, our roles were flipped and he was doing a lot of work. Um, he was really only hunting on and off. You know, when he had certain tags, he was very consistent, but he was mainly working. Um, he was the main breadwinner, if you want to say, uh, because I had young children babies and I could only work part-time. I did travel a lot for work. I did at that time also have a couple of businesses. And so when my first daughter was quite young, I did a lot of traveling. I had practices in two states. And so it's not that I wasn't ridiculously busy, but I had set my lifestyle up so that I kind of worked a week on. I had a week off. I worked a week on and I was able to be home more. And that allowed me to start this podcast and to be super creative with it. Um, I also know that, you know, a big piece of our uh, platform was around gardening and food. And we were just, and we still are so dedicated to that lifestyle because in Washington, we just had this abundance of a, a food. The gardening season was long um, and we were kind of very dedicated to that as a couple and so a lot of our platform was set on that. And I just had a lot more time to divulge to it and to write blogs and to do all the things that really you need to do in order to make something successful. And so fortunately, me doing that, I really was able to make this podcast successful. And of course, Ryan, I mean, Ryan is really the celebrity in the relationship here. He's and he hates that word. And I'm the only one who uses that word. But, you know, he for good reason he gets a lot of attention and um, he works really hard and he's really good at what he does. Um, but he also gets a lot of time alone and he gets a lot of time in the mountains and he gets a lot of time away. And these are things that I do not get. And so, you know, even back then he was making it a priority to be doing those things. And I was still kind of at home with babies and that kind of thing. So the podcast was really this outlet for me to start sharing the things that I, I knew over the years. But Ryan has a unique um, perspective, in the at least in the Western hunting world. And he's grown um, this business and the podcast and, you know, um, Stealthy Hunter uh, leaps and bounds. And obviously, without him and his knowledge of hunting and, you know, where he's at, we, we would have never done this podcast. So, you know, it was, it was great back then. And then, and then we made the decision to move and we moved to Montana because really for our relationship, for our sanity, uh, for our family, it was the best decision, but that means the roles kind of flipped. And I, because I have a medical degree, I made the commitment to work more. And so my kids were a little bit older and, um, I made that commitment to work more which I did. And I went back into full-time patient care. And in the last three years, I've been really fortunate to work at an amazing clinic that's very busy. And so without actually owning the business myself, which if those of you are business owners, it's very stressful, especially having a medical clinic. Um, 
I decided that I wanted to go in with a team. And so I went in with a team of doctors. I'm not the owner of the clinic. I am an employee, which is a great situation for me. And I absolutely love it. Um, but it required a lot more out of me than I had had before. And so I got started in that and was just, you know, working to, to, to keep that going. And as Ryan transitioned out of his job and we transitioned into growing Stealthy Hunter, and as we slowly transitioned into uh, starting Stealthy Nutrition and Ryan, Ryan doing a lot more filming and doing gritty films and like, there's so many different things going on right now. Um, the podcast basically got neglected. Um, and to tell you the truth too, COVID hit. And I've expressed this many times to you guys before, uh, but COVID hit and I just felt a sense of paralysis. And I think that's because, especially as healthcare workers, we were really um, on the, if you want to say, front lines of this whole thing. Now, I don't do acute care. I don't, I do not work in a hospital. I am not an MD who works with acutely ill patients in the ICU. I'm not a pulmonologist. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not an infectious disease expert. I am not working in those environments. So in my practice, I'm basically working with patients on their long-term lifestyle modifications and help. And I really specialize in the age group of like 30, 35 to past menopause, you know, 60s, early 70s that time. And I'm mainly doing hormonal therapy, um, lifestyle therapy. I have a large men's health practice. And so that's kind of the direction that I've gone. And um, I'm not dealing with acute COVID patients. So if I have a patient who thinks they have COVID or were exposed, then I write orders. They go get COVID tested. If they have it, then we obviously go through the uh, routine, you know, at the time, quarantining, all this kind of stuff. But I wasn't really directly dealing with patients who were having very severe problems in the hospital, let's say. And to tell you the truth, I have not had one patient uh, that I'm aware of that I was given any notification of that either ended up in the hospital due to COVID complications and or has died. So I, I do not know one person who that has happened to that, that was under my care. And so a lot of times I was dealing either with patients that knew they were sick and we were just doing palliative care keeping them at home, quarantining them, and then getting them through either long, any post-COVID symptoms, or some, some patients do have some long hauler symptoms. And again, a lot of that is lifestyle, supplementation, um, and dealing with, you know, some patients do get COVID pretty bad and um, dealing with kind of long-term effects from that. And so, you know, my practice really changed because I ended up going to telemedicine and we did that for quite a long time. We we're only seeing patients through telemedicine. Then we slowly transitioned back into the office where we had to wear tons of protective gear and we were only doing procedures. And then over the last few months, over the last six months, it's slowly transitioned to where we're back in the office now. And so, um, you know, that as far as like what I was doing with COVID, it was, it was very small, but, you know, as being a healthcare provider, you're required to stay up on everything. We're getting weekly updates from the County health department. Uh, and as everybody here knows things flipping and flopping. Um, and then in January, you know, uh, the mass vaccination protocol started and healthcare were for healthcare providers were first in line. And so ever since January uh, it's, it's been an interesting ride being in healthcare. And I would say the podcast, I, I listen to a ton of podcasts myself. I'm really a podcast junkie. And I have kind of my old staples that I love to listen to um, health-wise. And um, probably more on the, you know, woo-woo side. But I, I really enjoy... And I always have actually really enjoyed people like Ben Greenfield's podcast. I mean, for years, I've been listening to his because he has lots of different aspects and different types of people on their different types of physicians. Um, I love Found My Fitness with Dr. Rhonda Patrick. I mean, she's a PhD and she's super smart um, and she's a researcher. And so I appreciate that because 
I'm a clinician. I'm not a researcher. I spend my time in clinical practice talking to patients one-on-one every day and dealing with those things. And so research is very difficult to be doing consistently. And so I'm always trying to learn from different people that are in that realm of medicine and they're keeping up on the data. Um, I like the wild podcast. Um, I listen to metabolic Mike. He's actually a friend of ours. You know, I'll listen to him about certain aspects. He's great about ketogenesis. I mean, he's been way up on COVID and certain situations. And so, and I also like to listen to both sides. I, I listen to the AMA. Um, and I mean, there's a number of other ones that I do. So doing that, well, I think also what started to happen was, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think this is pervasive now through everybody that I talk to, pervasive through the culture of COVID, is this whole political undertone that's happened. Um, When COVID hit and we were all sort of locked down into quarantine, um, there were a few misnomers that started to happen, I I feel. And I feel that patients like myself, and I also feel that that patients in general, kind of confused about, you know, what is the right thing to be doing? What is the wrong thing to be doing? And of course, we were told to wear masks and social distance to stay home. Um, the quarantine process, especially if you've been, uh, if you were either had COVID or you were exposed to COVID. I think a lot of us started getting kind of like looking at what was going on in the media, looking at what was going on in politics. It was very evident that COVID was starting to take sort of a political political slant. Now, how you make a viral pandemic, a political slant, you know, have a political slant, I have no idea. But this is what has happened. And it started becoming very confusing to patients when they were being told to stay home and quarantine and wear masks and social distance. And, you know, you can't see your family members, people were dying in the hospital, not a not able to see their family members. But yet there were riots going on in the street. There were thousands of people protesting um, social injustices. um, And there was just a lot of dichotomies going on at at the same time. And so I think that whatever your persuasion was, whether it was to go more left-leaning or to go more right-leaning, what we started to see is that people were becoming very dogmatic in what they were believing. And... I would say that really for the first time personally in my life, I started really paying, kind of watching what was going on. And instead of, you know, I started watching people around me become dogmatic. And, um, you know, personally, like in my personal like family unit, my husband, Ryan, you guys all know Ryan, he's pretty much like what you see is what you get. He's always been very logical. His his thinking has always been very logical um, ever since I've known him. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of emotional decisions. He definitely does not make rash decisions. And he really researches things, unlike me, when it comes to politics and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I've had my head buried in books related to health and helping people. And, you know, I go to a job every day where I sit across from people one-on-one and I hear their deepest and darkest secrets. And so for me, politics were just always divisive. And people were becoming dogmatic around the you know what to do about covid and the other thing is that somehow the media started playing into this super heavy um and because we were quarantined and because we most people in the world were being quarantined you know if we had in the first world access to media tv netflix uh, podcasts you name it we were kind of being infiltrated with the I would just say the topic of the day. It was literally changing by the day. So now you flash flash forward to, you know, 18 months post-quarantine. And I feel like even in my own life, I kind of went into a bit of a hibernation. Um, You know, constantly going to work, having to wear medical protective gear, um, you know, worrying about patients, 
exposing patients, you know, I'm talking to people all day long about vaccines, whether they should do a vaccine, whether they shouldn't do a vaccine, um, you know, dealing with their fear uh, that the media has just absolutely purposely um, driven into people. It was just kind of a lot more than I could handle. And I felt like there's a lot of really outspoken people. There's a lot of very outspoken people in the health world, but everybody sort of has their slant. You know what I mean? Like everybody sort of believes what they believe and then they kind of stay by that slant and then they start getting dogmatic about it. And then they just go down that route sometimes where, um, you even start wondering like, okay, how much of this is actual logic? How much of this is true research? And I think the hardest thing is that the research is changing all the time because COVID I think is something now it, it's becoming more of an endemic, which is sort of like the flu. It's something that we're going to have to live with all the time. And the whole idea of personal choice and freedom is now the topic on the chopping block. So it was before it was like, you know, protect your neighbor, protect your family members. Um, I think all of us were on board with that. And um, it's just slowly devolved into this thing where now people are feeling like they're either on the right side of history or they're being told they're on the wrong side of history. Um, and for me, I think I just kind of crawled into a little bit of a shell and I just wasn't too interested in talking about COVID. Um, I wasn't interested in discussing. Um, I also felt like this was such a big topic in the world that sitting down and like talking about, I don't know, growing your garden and your soil quality and all these things like you know what importance does it have now when people are just completely stressed and fearful and like are they even listening and to, is it even relevant today and and shouldn't I be talking about the relevant things and helping people get through these these issues um but I've really thought long and hard about it and and I think that what's most important right now as we move forward um, into the next year, into 2022, uh, is to help you all understand that the most important thing um, is for you to continue to be excited about your own health. And I think that we have come to this place where we all just like, you know, uh, a lot of that stuff has been ignored. So there's like a huge elephant in the room when it comes to COVID, like a ginormous elephant in the room. And that is how healthy the average population is. Now, um, some people take this really personally. I think this is where a lot of emotions come in and people get really emotional about these topics. I think there has been a lot of blaming, especially by the sides that believe that, you know, uh, you know we should be totally in control of our health and that, you know, everybody needs to be thin and we need to go back to like it was in the fifties and you need to change your diet. You need to get all the crap out and that kind of stuff. But I think there's kind of a common ground that we could find for everybody. And really what it is, is I think we, we need to bring people together to understand that in the long term your daily activities and the things that you think daily and that you're exposed to daily, um, the things that you're doing for your body, the, the, the positive things, that those in the long term have the greatest effect. So I know the vaccine is a huge question right now. And there is a lot of emotion and there is a lot of um, questions around freedom of choice. Um, especially, you know, gosh, in the last couple of weeks, last couple of months here, um, because we've had a lot of mandates coming down, depending on what state you live in, you know, the state that we used to live in, Washington, uh, medical providers are going to be fired by October 18th if they're not vaccinated. Um, in the state we live in now, Montana, is actually illegal to discuss vaccination status with your employees. Um, it is considered discrimination. 
and there is a law against vaccine mandates and vaccine passports, et cetera. So you can see the vast difference just between crossing state lines. Um, and if you listen to some of the research lately, you will see that some states are possibly dealing with more fallout from unvaccinated patients um, like Idaho. And, and I, I just pulled this yesterday. I just listened to um, Rhonda, um, Rhonda Patrick's Found My Fitness episode, the one she just did on the COVID vaccine. And if you haven't listened to it, it's a great podcast because it comes from the scientific research basis and they throw out so many statistics. So I think it's definitely worth listening to no matter what side you are on. And I guess this is also what I wanted to, you know, kind of get forward in this podcast is that there really shouldn't be sides as far as, you know, for me, if, if I'm vaccinated, then I have protected myself. And um, personally, I feel that if you don't want to be vaccinated, you shouldn't have to do something you don't want to do. And that is medical freedom. So what is scary to me about the mandates is that mandating employers, especially, um, to take away uh, income, to take away somebody's livelihood because they do not comply with what at the time, remember, six months ago, 12 months ago, things were different. And what's going to be different in six more months? So right now, mandating on what they know that if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job. Personally, I do not believe that that is right. And that is moving us towards complete um, destruction of the self. And I, I believe that people should have that right to do that. And, and um, that goes against a lot of the healthcare thought and a lot of the healthcare community. And I think too, depending on where you live um, and what you're exposed to, you know, your opinion might be formed by that. What I mean by that is if I lived in Washington and I was so pro-vaccine and I was a healthcare provider, you know, I might be saying like, yeah, I think anybody who doesn't want to get vaccinated should lose their job. You know, I think all healthcare providers who don't want to get vaccinated are irresponsible and they should lose their job. Uh, but I live in Montana. And so I have the freedom to make that choice that's right for me. And my patients have the freedom to make the choice that's right for them. And unless it's a medical issue, you know, as a physician, I can talk to my patients about vaccination, but it is not my right to be asking people what their medical, like just walking down the street, like, are you vaccinated? Or are you not vaccinated? Personally, I think that's an infringement of, of medical freedom. And it's also actually, it's illegal what a lot of these states are doing um, based on HIPAA regulations. You know, but going down that road, that's not where I want to go because this is the things that we all are being bombarded with. Like, you, we are all being bombarded with this media from both sides. What's right? What's wrong? Who's got freedom? Who doesn't have freedom? Who deserves freedom? Who doesn't deserve freedom? And I think that we just need to be very careful as we see a division in society to remember that. Almost all of us, with the exception of the super wealthy, the oligarchy, <laughs> the celebrities who are super wealthy oligarchy in this country. Um, and if you don't believe it, just go to Instagram and look at who has the most followers on Instagram. And that would be celebrities, okay? Not politicians. I mean, actually, social media can ban the president of the United States celebrities and even when he was on there he he has less followers than than some of these celebrities so you know these people up here that are telling you what to do these people don't live in reality okay um most of us live in reality and we have to go to a job every day that we work that maybe even barely pays the bills you know a lot of us may not be educated in academia a lot of us may not have master's degrees, PhDs, doctorates, uh, you name it. And what's, it, what's important is that we as the small people, 
that we don't forget that we are who make up the majority of this country. And we are the ones who make up the majority of the world, actually, the over 90% or the 99%, whatever you want to call it. And that if we just start laying our freedoms down, um, no matter what they may be, we are, we are in for a whole lot more hurt than we're experiencing right now. And so whatever side you tend to go on, and I, you know, I try, I, I don't talk politics with my patients. Um, all my patients have their own politics. Uh, and I listen, that's my job. And I help people make better decisions for themselves and their health. And I think we have to be very careful that we are not just agreeing that certain people uh, should should be, um, you know, not allowed to function in society. Um, and part of the, you know, the the reason I wanted to do this podcast too was because the stress that I've been under in the last year or 18 months and, and that kind of pressure I've been feeling on myself like the rest of you and kind of that analysis paralysis of what should I talk about? What do people want to hear? Um, it's starting to lift. And I think it's because I've realized in my own self that it's the daily things that I do each day to kind of help me stay sane. And I get a lot of DMs from you guys about, you know, the, the, the basics of health. What should I be doing here? Or how do I do this? Or what should I take here? And, and I think that it does come down to what is the elephant in the room that's being ignored in healthcare. It's being ignored in the mass media is the idea of how do we become healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, um, and not be ruled by fear. And so I will kind of percent say that I've kind of been running on fear in the last 18 months. Um, I've kind of been in fight or flight, just trying to do work and um, help my patients and make my own decisions and run, you know, be in my family and, and um, deal with my own family members that, that maybe disagree um, with me or that I disagree with, or, you know, having to deal with all the emotional aspects that I'm sure every single person out there that's listening has to deal with right now. And so I feel for myself that it's important for me to get back to the things that improve my health. And so I just wanted to run down a quick list of those. Um, I feel the best when I exercise every day. And Exercise is like such a potent antidepressant. Um, and not only that, it stimulates creativity in me. So I would encourage anyone out there <laughs> who is on the fence about exercise, um, if you are depressed, if you are living in this hamster wheel of fear that we've all been on for a while now, um, I would consider just starting there and just moving your body. And we can talk more about that. I've decided kind of my creativity really comes from sharing these podcasts and talking to everybody, answering questions. And I really think that part of helping myself uh, is to be more creative again. And so that's why I wanted to kind of maybe even start this being consistent. And that's what I mean. Like, I'm just going to be consistent with the podcast and I'm going to talk about the things that are the elephant in the room. And I'm not going to do it coming from a foundation of fear uh, because God knows we're all getting enough of that. And if you want to be scared, just go to any media outlet right now and just start digging in. Um, you can do that. But I want to come from a place of kind of self-acceptance and goal setting and um, what's the word? You know, accountability, accountability. Uh, you know, I feel like what's the elephant in the room that's not being discussed is accountability. That we're not holding government establishments, uh, um, uh, well, government establishments, we're not holding medical establishments, uh, we're not holding our, you know, our friends and our family, and we're not holding ourselves accountable for what we need to do to be truly healthy, right? 
And so for me, the only thing I can really actually control is my own accountability. I can't control Ryan's accountability. I, I really, I mean, I could probably control my kids' accountability a little bit because I'm trying to instill in them values that I think are important to be accountable, but they are also their own people, right? They're going to learn um, as they grow. Um, I can't, I help my patients maybe regain a sense of accountability to themselves as they try, they go through the process of seeking better health. Uh, that's really, I think, in my life, who I help the most. And then, of course, this bigger uh, community of all you Hunt Harvest Health listeners out there, you know, how can I help you guys with your accountability um, in improving your health? And there's so many cool podcasts and so much information out there that you can go to and you can dig into the research and you can get into the nitty gritty of you know, why exercise is so important, why diet is so important, why sleep is so important, you can do that. Um, and I think that that for a lot of, for some people, they, they need that science and they, they need like that logical explanation. So I am the person though, I'm talking to the majority of lay people. So most of the people listening to this podcast right now are just everyday average um, people right? Like, you know, a lot of you may not have higher education like I do. A lot of you may just need the basics and you just need a little bit of, of support to be accountable. So what I'm going to, what I really like to do is just keep things simple and then to help share my experiences with you and, and why it works for me. Um, even somebody who is highly educated and who has so many resources at my fingertips, you know, to know the science and to all this, it's like, I want to, I want to titrate this down. So it's something that's super simple for you. Um, and I think besides that, you know, when I talk about the elephant in the room, one of the things that I notice that a lot of people do is I think in today's world, life is pretty, has been pretty easy up to this point. And um, I think that we have had so much abundance in the first world. Now we can talk about the non-first world, um, not the case, but why is it that people that live in places where you consider them to be poor, underserved, um, you know, they're happy. They tend to have happier lives than we do. They tend to have better outlooks of the world. Um, they don't have rates of depression and anxiety that we do in the modern world, in this first world countries. And why is that? What is it about that? Because we have so much abundance uh, in this country and UK, Europe, wherever. Abundance is insane. So my dad and I, I, many of you may not know, but my dad, my birth father uh, was a pastor and for a long time and he's retired now, but um, he's just really good at communicating. That's kind of been his thing in life is, is, is communication and he's worked at it. I would say when I was a kid, it wasn't his best thing. Obviously my parents were divorced and um, they were very different people and it didn't work out. Uh, but my dad has really worked to be more communicative in his life. And I think working in uh, the church did that for him. So about once or twice a month, my dad and I will do a Zoom call. And he is such a great person to help me bounce like how I'm feeling off of because I'm a lot like my dad. I'm very emotional. I'm very like a go-getter. I have a million ideas a minute. Um, you know, I'm very creative. And um, you know, I'm not an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Now, my dad has had a lot more years than me. He's in his seventies. And, you know, he is, I think through years of being in the church, years of meditation, years of self-introspection, um, and years of working with people, which is, you know, what pastors do. <laughs> That's their main job it's being counselor and, um, you know, consultant and father and, uh, brother and you name it to so many people. Um, he's a little more introspective and he's had a lot more quiet time, I think, than I have contributed to myself in many years. And so he's somebody I really love to talk to. 
And I don't know, it was probably six months ago or so. Uh, you know, we tend to have our meetings at the end of the day and I'm worn out or I'm busy or I'm behind or my patient ran late. I'm trying to get home. So I always feel kind of like stressed out. And, um, and if you know me, that's just kind of my personality, <laughs> but we were having a discussion. I was just kind of telling him the stress that I was under with this last year and just a number of things at work and just feeling really, um, you know, I have the, have the business, the stealthy nutrition business and the stealthy hunter business. And then I have my medical practice. And then we had all these like great opportunities coming up for us. And I was feeling overwhelmed. Like, I just didn't know if I could deal with it all. And my dad said to me, so if I hear what you're saying is that you're just overwhelmed with abundance. And it just kind of stopped me in my tracks when he said that. And I was like, yeah, I guess I am. And him reframing my stress for me, like him reframing the idea of success uh, and like how it was actually stressing me out, like all the choices that I had to make, uh, choices that are self-inflicted, mind you, <laughs> because I am lucky enough to be where I am at in my life and to have worked really hard and to have the brain that I have to be able to utilize it for good and to be able to have businesses and to be successful as I want to be. Um, I attribute a lot of that to to, to where I was born and to, to what I was given as a child and to the choices that I have made in my life. But a lot of it has to do with just the fact that I was born where I was, because we know there's a lot of places on the planet that that is not the case. So it doesn't matter how creative and smart I am or whatever, I may never get those opportunities. So I, I have tremendous gratitude for that. But I do get overwhelmed and, and reframing it that I was just overwhelmed with abundance really made me kind of step back and think about what is stressing me out um, and how do I change it with myself that this is actually abundance and, and how do I utilize all this abundance um, so that I wasn't feeling it as a burden. Now, I think today we've been taught to believe that abundance is bad. And that for some reason, we need to feel guilty and we need to be stressed out. And um, yeah, I, I think in a lot of cases, when I look at my abundance, I sometimes I'm always comparing myself or thinking like, well, maybe I just, you know, um, I need to give more money away. I need to do more things for other people. I need to be a better person. I need to do more. I just need to do more because I am so fortunate to have created what I have. Like, it means I need to give more. And in many senses, I do. You know, it's the whole idea of tithing. It's the whole idea of giving back. Um, these are important things. And I feel like in my life, I do a lot of that because of my job. So I spend a lot more time on other people than I spend on myself. It's just one being a mom, all you moms out there, you're saints. Um, you give a lot more time to your children and to your spouse than you will ever give to yourself. And I would highly recommend that if you're listening to this and this is striking a chord with you, you work on that because that is, <laughs> you need it for yourself too, because it's so important for your family. But I think that, you know, I, I give a lot to patients. I'm giving a lot to my kids. Um, and I haven't been giving enough of that abundance back to myself and putting myself last and, and not taking care of myself. And um, if you're listening this today, if you're listening to this today and you're wondering what point I'm trying to make in life is that in a lot of cases, we have everything that we need. We have the abundance sitting right in front of us. Um, we have the love of others that we so desperately desire. Um, or we have the ability to make changes that will create those things to come, that will create more abundance. Um, 
in whatever aspect of your life you need that abundance as you know we have the abilities to do that but we don't appreciate ourselves enough to make those changes and even in my case where everyone looks at me and thinks that I have everything and I you know I have an education I I have a home I have a a long-term marriage and relationship, you know, I have um, beautiful children that are healthy. I have a great job, whatever you want to do. It's like, there is something in there that that is my path, but you also have that much abundance. And um, I really feel like if people just stopped looking at like what they don't have, that the abundance that they really desire they'll actually see how much they do have so I guess that's where like turning it on itself and turning that negativity into positivity which is really what my dad did for me when he made that statement it really made me sit back and be like whoa what are all the things I should be grateful for what are all the things that I should be positive about and what are the things that I could be doing in my daily life that could ex for me help me realize how how um how much I have and and what um what does that abundance really mean now when I say abundance I don't mean money you know per se I mean I guess you could think of that a lot of people think of abundance as money but I know a lot of very wealthy people wealthy people that are not happy and they're not very abundant in very many areas of their life it's it's really about um it's really about, I think, balance. And again, overwhelmed with abundance means that I'm not having good balance in my life. And this is where I think the everyday activities I talked about earlier, that's where this is important. Abundance can be yours if the things that you do every day promote uh, balance in your life. And for me, exercise is a very important one. And when I don't have exercise, I don't have a very good balance in my life. And I tend to be very cerebral and I, I'm not creative. I'm like cerebral, but I'm stressed out. When I exercise every day, it's as if my brain washes itself out, which is actually does. <laughs> it burns off stress hormones too, the cortisol and adrenaline. And it makes your receptors, um, you know, you, you start growth hormone, testosterone, estrogen, all these very atrophic, I mean, not atrophic, these very um, hypertrophic or anabolic hormones in the body going into the brain, creating brain-derived neuro um, BDNF, which is a brain-derived neurotrophic factor, uh, helps just basically helping neural pathways to grow in your brain. Uh, these are very important things in order to create balance in the body. Now, there is the flip of that, right? Over-exercise. And we can talk about that on another podcast. And I'm, I'm, I think what I'm going to do is just every week, just kind of pick a topic and hel helping us to manage our abundance through balance and just talk about these topics. But I think I wanted to talk about this today because I felt overwhelmed and I've felt like maybe I haven't been doing enough and I felt like I've been doing too much. And if you feel the same, if you feel fearful, if you feel stressed out, if you don't know where to turn or what to do or what's the right thing to do for yourself in your life, um, I would say take the time to sit back and look at the things that are really working in your life. And then look at the things that aren't working and how can you balance those? And typically what I see in patients is that they are not giving themselves enough of the right attention. So they're taking in a lot of negative, whatever, media, social media. Um, they're listening to a lot of negativity, um, whatever they're listening to. They maybe have a job that they don't like. Uh, they don't feel respected. Uh, same with relationships. Those are the big ones. Being in relationships where you're not happy, you're not respected, uh, there, there's not um, acceptance, there's definitely not balance in a lot of relationships. 
uh, people don't feel like maybe they are in their life, you know, at the age they're at there where they thought they would be. Uh, and then they're also being faced with these external challenges that we're all being faced with, you know, losing your job if you don't do what you're told, um, you know, being ostracized from your family if you don't do what they want you to do, losing friends because friends have now just decided that, you know, um, you're not doing what's right. And so we've all been, we've all been there in this last year. We've all experienced that. And I, again, wanted to tell you that you are enough, that you are deserving of abundance. Uh, you are deserving of balance in your life, but you can't do it without work. <laughs> it just doesn't happen without work. And I tell this to my menopausal and postmenopausal patients quite a bit. Women come in and they're like, I work out like I was working out or I work out and now I'm gaining weight and I can't lose it. Or, you know, there's all these stories where, well, you know, I didn't really like exercise when I was younger, so I don't really exercise, but I can't get rid of weight. And I say, listen, you start losing estrogen and you lose testosterone, you lose progesterone. These hormones are those anabolic hormones that I was talking about. That helps your brain, helps your lean muscle mass, helps you lose fat, um, helps your skin, all these kinds of things, um, as well as obviously circulation and getting blood flow to all these areas that you get in exercise and sweating and detoxing and all those numerous benefits. But you know, you start to lose those, and it's just not going to be as easy as it was before. And if you didn't like to exercise before, you got to learn to love some exercise because you got to start exercising now. Um, if you want to diminish your chances of cardiovascular disease and obesity and diabetes and the things that are running rampant in our culture right now that are the elephants in the room. And so I'm saying that to you now too, like there's things you probably have hated to do your entire life and you don't want to do them. I don't know. You don't want to give up sugar. You don't want to quit drinking alcohol. You don't want to exercise. Well, eventually at some point, it's going to catch up with you. And no matter how much abundance you have in your life, if you don't have good balance in your body and in your mind, it makes it really hard to enjoy it. So that's what I see in a lot, a lot, a lot in the world that I'm in. And I see it in myself. So I'm going to be more consistent with the podcast all. Uh, we're going to start doing some story time telling. I think, you know, Ryan has got a lot of stories and he needs to start telling them. And um, yeah, and we also have some exciting things I've been working on that have been stressing me out with all this abundance. We have a new website coming and we are going to have a place, a one-stop shop where you can get everything you need. Um, including the supplements, products, and Ryan's got new Stealthy Hunter um, products coming out that are going to go in line with his rifle case and stuff. So um, a lot of very positive, abundant things going on, which is why I need to work on this balance in my life, which means my first step, daily exercise. Also, just wanted to thank every single person out there who donated to the family, David, uh, David fam, and the last podcast that we just put out a couple of weeks ago, and we have raised over $32,000. That's just on the give butter um, link, $32,000. And a lot of that was from you Hunt Harvest Health listeners. I, I mean, David and I are texting daily. Um, the refugees are here in the States. They've been in quarantine. Um, but this amount of money for each family, one family has seven people, including the matriarch mother, um, grandmother of the family that were able to get out of Afghanistan that survived being literally murdered by the Taliban. And if you think you have problems, if you think that you, it, it's not important that you were born here and that you have the opportunities that you do, to build abundance in your life just by listening to David's story, just by seeing what we've done to help these three families that literally would have been murdered in their homes by their own government. Okay. A hostile government. And it, it just disgusts me to think 
about what those people are going to have to live with now. Those girls and those women, even the men, you know, these men who are in hiding and the civilians that are there. And there are tragedies going on all over the world. Go to our southern border. Um, the human trafficking that's going on, the amount of people fleeing their countries, the amount of refugees that are that are um, coming out of these war-torn countries. Like, it's just overwhelming. And again, this is the fear that we live in that we can't get out of. And don't consume this all the time. But do what you can to help, even if it's your neighbor down the street or help us with like, these Afghan families coming to the United States um, and just feel fortunate for what you do have that you are in a country, maybe you're here, I don't know, New Zealand, Australia, Europe, Canada. These are the main people that are listening to us out there. You know, um, let's not let our countries get like that. Remember, we are the majority and, you know, it is our job as a human race to help those less fortunate than us and to end tyranny. And so I believe that as on, on whole and as a mass, we, by being more thankful, having more gratitude, we can be healthier people. And no matter what side you're on, we can remember that we all want the same basic things out of life. And um, yeah, so I've had so much gratitude for David Pham and what he's done, but um, Right. So, okay, everybody. Um, I think that's all that I have today. I think that was enough. Just wanted to share. I have tons of gratitude for all y'all listening out there. Thank you for tuning in and we'll talk next time. See ya.